It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. Thanks for being with us today. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. And friends. So what can your March Madness <laughs> bracket teach you about your financial life? And, uh, you know, we're, we're going back a little ways here. But surprisingly, it can uh, teach you a, an incredible lesson, one that I realized uh, this year as, we, as I participated in the KFG March Madness Bracket Challenge. So we're going to explain that and help you apply the lessons in your financial life coming up on today's episode. That's right. We've got a couple of great questions that were texted in to us uh, that we're hoping to hit right uh, in the second half of the show. If you have a question and are right next to your phone, want to text that in to us, you can do so. 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. By the way, you can call there as well and leave your leave your uh, question that way. Also, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you can leave questions that way as well. Just search Wise Money Radio. If you haven't like that content, subscribe to those channels and so on. I'd encourage you to do so. Thank you very much. And then lastly, wisemoneyradio.com is how you find us online. Episodes are right there. Blogs are right there. And uh, you can leave a question right there as well. So, all right. Who won the Super Bowl this year? Uh, your the, mother? The yeah. Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. Right? See, if, if this stuff didn't happen yesterday, I have forgotten. Even preparing, it's been a while since March Madness, and, and I was getting ready for the show, and I thought, I don't even remember who won. Duke. Duke. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually a good guess, or North no, Carolina. No, Virginia won because of that terrible call, right? The guy uh, double dribbled it and didn't, right? Fantastic. So, yeah, we yeah. were watching that on a huge screen in the Detroit airport, ah. and it, everyone was in shock. Yeah. And then the foul on the three-point shot. But here's what you don't forget about the NCAA tournament. Who won your family or your work bracket? Everyone remembers that, and because there's bragging rights in the family, in the office. Now my wife won <laughs> the friends and family bracket, so she's got bragging rights. But she you, won the whole thing. She won the whole thing, and I, actually, we're going to break it down because actually, it's I a, cannot it's, believe a, Cindy. A, Cindy's a, similar, a killer. A similar Look out story. For Cindy Bernard. So okay, so but we, as Kevin laid out, we we have a NCAA bracket challenge at KFG. So so guys, how's it work, and kind of what? What happened? I, I feel year. like just talking about this is getting me all excited about next year already. <laughs> but uh, it, it actually is something that I really look forward to, the start of the tournament and picking your teams and all that. I, I love doing it with my kids because it's my opportunity every year to test their loyalties to see if I have <laughs> adequately brainwashed them. How many of my kids are going to have University of Michigan going all the way to the end? And... I, I got to tell you, my boys came through for me this year. Wow. Okay. They were, well, they so were they loyal did, to the end. So they did not do well My in the wife, on the other hand, picked Texas Tech to beat Michigan. And I didn't know it until that night, as it's happening, Michigan was being completely annihilated. 
and she's sheepishly kind of sitting there <laughs> saying, no, I actually picked this to happen. <laughs> how funny. can you do that to me? We In our bracket at KFG, there's a little bit of a twist to it just to make it a little more fun for, for people and for the kid. Number one, we've got every all the employees as well as kids and spouses, not dogs yet, but I'm pretty sure there will be an addendum to these rules uh, that pets will have a bracket. But I mean, even baby Easton had a bracket. So everyone's in it. But then to, to keep people engaged and, and help the kids have fun, we have winners after each round, right, Kevin? Yes. So, yeah, so. because because for the very reason that we're going to talk about today, because you can win, you can win the first round and end up completely out of the money, and so. Uh, you know, my kids who I say, well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, my life is in pursuit of trying to make this world more fair. So we said, look, let's have, let's have a winner after each round. I said, well, we'll have three winners after each round. And so there'll be a little bit of payola to the winners. And then, of course, a bigger pot at the end if you won the whole deal. So tell us what happened to you this year. Well, I... Was in the money after the the round one, round two, and round three, and I had the most picks correct going into round. Uh, at the end of round three, I had forty six of fifty six right, and by I was the at the most right by a decent margin. Yeah, that's pretty good. Forty six out of fifty six. And, and in the last, uh, I think six games, seven games, whatever, I got one out of seven right. And in hindsight, if you would have picked those seven games right, that's probably all you would have needed to pick to win the whole thing. And so, but it's tricky because the the, the three people that won the bracket eventually, first, second, third place, and Mrs. Bernard was in third place, mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. They weren't they weren't in the money in the first three, but at, at the end of the fourth, they won the big bucks. And, and in fact, just speaking for Cindy, I mean, she was way back. She yeah. was in the bottom third. Same right. with the friend and, and family bracket. And and um, so, so how do you apply this of looking like you're winning, looking like you're winning, looking like you're winning, and then totally lose, not even close when it actually comes down to the end of the turn? How do, how do we apply that to finances, just in general? Well, what are the takeaways here? Why are we talking about this? Well, we're we're talking about this for a number of reasons. N- number one, um, I was at an event this week, and they were talking about what is your spirit animal, and so people are like, "Oh, mine's you know, I'm I'm a grizzly bear, and I'm a <laughs> wolf." And um, they asked me, "Well, what's your spirit animal?" And I said, uh, "I'm I'm the t- rhinoceros." <laughs> That's me. <laughs> no, I said, "I'm the rhinoceros is just a lazy unicorn." <laughs> so uh, a, a unicorn who's let himself go. So I'm not a rhinoceros. So no, I said I'm a turtle. Huh. My spirit okay. animal is the turtle. I don't even really know what a spirit animal is, but if I did know what a spirit animal is, I'd go with turtle. Because every time I read the book to my kids, the turtle wins. Mm-hmm. The tortoise wins every stinking time. And, I, I, you know, I read the book again, and the tortoise wins. So I, if I had a spirit animal, if there is such a thing, it would be a tortoise. And so to me, the 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 story here 
And it's interesting because when we, d- I, I look forward to the bracket because it's in the middle of tax season, mm-hmm. and so our office is hopping, and it's very, it's a very exciting time to be working at Corhorn Financial Group because everyone's hustling, and you actually get to see the very best of everyone on the team, and it's very enjoyable. But right there in the middle of tax season, we have the bracket, and so it needs to be done by Thursday at noon, which usually means when. Wednesday night, we're sitting around the kitchen table mm-hmm. trying to figure that out, and um, I, I typically push the Irish uh, deep into the not in, this year into the final rounds, but I couldn't find them in the break. You were you were lost this it year. Was a, it was a it was a big bummer. Um, so my daughter Grace, who ended up and ended up in first place. Um, was looking and I had picked a bracket and, sh- and I was helping her pick hers and I said well don't pick yours like I'm picking mine so I picked Duke who is of course going to win the whole thing I'm like well honey you don't want to pick Duke pick someone else so uh, she did and and she picked Virginia to win the whole thing and she ended up winning the uh, the the tournament and she was not in the she was nowhere to be seen in the running until the very end. I think it's hilarious that you were diversifying your brackets to make sure someone in the Corhorn household was going to be in the money. Well, not only, you know, so we, we pass out the, the, the cash at the tax party. So Grace got her winnings and she won. I won in the first three rounds and ended up with about 50 bucks and she won the whole thing and only won one round and ended up with 100. Nice. And But it gets better because she said, hey, Dad, can I have your envelope too? <laughs> and, and of course you said... What do you say? <laughs> oh, of course, honey, here you go. I love that analogy that you shared, though, because this idea of getting all the early brackets right but losing in the end, isn't that true in your financial life as well? And I, I, I think I, I totally see where you're going with this, Kevin, that there's an analogy here. There's lessons to be learned, applications to make in our financial lives coming up here. Could you be making a lot of decisions and feel like you're winning and end up losing in your finances? Could you actually be making a lot of decisions and they're actually the right ones and feel like you're losing, but actually win in the long run? We're going to break that down more and, and give you five lessons that we took away from this year's KFG March Madness Bracket. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Can your March Madness bracket teach you really valuable lessons about your financial life? Actually, that answer is definitely, and we're breaking that down for you today. We're going to tell you the five lessons that we pulled out, five financial lessons that are absolutely crucial to your long-term financial success that we learned in the KFG bracket this week, we're breaking or this year, we're breaking that down on today's show. Thanks for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard, coming to you from the KFG studios with Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Thank you to the attorneys at South Bank Legal. Used to be Ledoux, Kern, and Keene. Thank you very much. As well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. If you have any questions, let me just remind you, find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. 
Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then all of our social media, you can leave questions there as well. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search Wise Money Radio. Okay, so Kevin was um, made sure everyone knew after, <laughs> after this year's KFG Just for Fun Tournament, uh, March Madness Tournament Challenge, that he had the most picks right at the end of the tournament and did not win. get in the winner's circle at all. Not not that he didn't win, but didn't win first, second, or third. And also reminded us that after, the each, after each round in the early stages, he was winning and yes. then ended up coming... Uh, in with a big fat goose egg there at the end. So how how could this work in your financial life? Is it possible there are some some decisions you could be making right now where you say, yeah, I'm, I'm winning this game. And then actually you're focused on the wrong decisions mm-hmm. and you end up losing the long term. Or are there some are there some small decisions early on that if you make the right choices there, it can mean you're going to win in the end? And that's what we're actually going to focus on today. What are the small decisions that you need to get right that might, in, in the early stages, it might not feel like you're winning, but in the long stages or in the, in the long term, getting these small decisions right means you're going to win in the long term. We've got five of them we're going to break down. Let me tell you the first one is hiring a coach. Right. So when when I was thinking about this and how it relates to your financial life and how you can feel like you're ahead and end up losing in the end or feel like you're way behind and end up winning in the end and looking back over 25 years, all the folks that we've worked with and helped, and I said, well, what what could I take out of this? And the first thing that I thought of is hiring a coach because when you look at this, most people are lacking clarity and confidence as it relates to their financial life. They don't have a plan to get them from where they are to where they want to be. And most people are unable or unwilling to dedicate the time that it takes to understanding how to weave together the the seemingly disconnected areas of your financial life into a kind of a a congruent plan. There's never been a better time in the history of the world to accumulate wealth. And there's never been a more complicated time in the history of the world to accumulate wealth. So we are in this amazing golden era, if you will, and there are all kinds of incredible opportunities, but an opportunity that you don't know about isn't really an opportunity. So I believe in specialization, and I want to have the very best coach in my corner telling me. It's just, it, it's, it's like when we go fishing. We go, I, I like to go, when we go on vacation, I always like to go fishing wherever we go. But I don't like to go figure it out myself. I don't like to take my own equipment. I like to hire a local guide who was fishing yesterday, will be fishing tomorrow, and knows where the fish are today and can put us on the fish and get fish. That's a good analogy. However, when you're fishing, unless you're a, 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 you know, an avid fisherman, the, those stakes are low. Let me give an analogy where the stakes are higher. Could, could Tiger Woods teach you a thing or two about your swing? Could he help coach you in golf? 
Sure. Because he's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. He has a coach. Yeah. Right? Michael Jordan, probably the best basketball player that's ever been on this planet. He had a coach. Right. And helped win all those championships. So where those people, those athletes, they could coach other people and coach them up and do a phenomenal job. So you'd say, well, they're at the top of their game. No, they need coaches, too. That's right. Because a coach has a different perspective. They can watch what you're doing and see how it's going to benefit you or where there's uh, something broken in your technique. When it comes to financial planning, a coach has the ability to uh, show you where the path you're on right now eventually leads to because they've maybe seen more scenarios. They've seen other people's lives. They know how this is going to play out. What are the consequences? What are the results or the outcomes going to be if you keep doing what you're doing? So not only is it important that that you have someone who can identify those opportunities you were referring to, Kevin, but also the traps, because a trap that you're not aware of is especially dangerous as well. And so a coach is really someone who can have an outside perspective, see things that maybe you wouldn't see, or help you align your own values with your financial decisions so you have a better shot at actually achieving the life that you've envisioned for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why we say that having a coach really should be your first step in your financial life if financial freedom and, and a better future is what you're, you're ultimately shooting for. Yeah. A couple of quick points. You know, not hiring a coach is a big mistake. That one might feel like, well, I'm, you know, I'm money ahead or I'm time ahead, but you could end up losing in the long term. But hiring the wrong coach could be could be um, really a bad decision as well. So how would you know? You got to look for someone who's a certified financial planner that's doing comprehensive financial planning. Just having an investment manager or someone that recommends a mutual fund or two to you, that is not a coach. That's that's not a coach. That's the person who's passing you balls for you to shoot free throws. That's it. They're not coaching you. They're just, you know, yeah, you want giving someone you the rock. Who it has done what you need done over and over and over and over again. I might, I, um, I was talking to a group of pastors yesterday. We did a, a webinar and we had pastors actually from all over the country. And I was talking to them about clergy compensation um, and the 403B and things like that. And it was very um, interesting because I told them I recommended to them that they get a coach, but I recommend to them get a coach when when you if there's someone in your congregation that can help you with your financial planning, ask them how many pastors they work with. Because if you don't work with someone who specializes in pastors, you're not going to get the, the the right information because it, clergy compensation makes no sense. They're dual status employees. It's all kind of crazy. And the analogy that I gave to them. And it's, it's not perfect if you've got kids in the car. You might want to turn the radio down in three, two, one. Okay, so I told him about my friend who had his family doctor do his vasectomy. And needless to say, <laughs> there is considerable swelling in the in in the aftermath. Oh, I'm going to take my. Uh, I, I, I know it's it a, a bad idea. It's a bad idea. So go, I said, go, hey, go have someone who does six of those an hour 
do that operation. And, and my no, goodness, don't try rushed, to, actually. <laughs> and don't <laughs> and don't I'm try serious. to do that yourself. Yeah, don't, yeah, and don't have you know your family doctor who's half in the middle of the operation is having his assistant pull up on YouTube. Hey, how do I do this? What do I tie? What do I cut? So, so I you want to have someone who specializes and someone who's who has helped uh, you retire. I tell clients all the time that I retire. And look, I've retired dozens of times. You get to retire once. I've done it dozens of times. So I should be able to help you and guide you through the various landmines that are out there and, and help you avoid them. Okay, so you very vividly explained that you need to have a specialist, but you also need to have somebody who can integrate well with other professionals in your life. Sure. And be, because there's going to be a CPA, there's going to be an attorney, there may be uh, an insurance specialist of some sort, but who is it who's going to help you bring the advice of all these different professionals into focus and in alignment into one plan for your life? That really is the purpose of a certified financial planner. They are a specialist in so many areas, but in many ways they're a specialist at just integrating your life, and that's what you need. And that's the distinction between a certified financial planner just giving investment advice but actually, or actually doing comprehensive financial planning. That one plan of tying everything together, that's comprehensive financial planning. We're just scratching the surface here. That is the first valuable lesson that you need to glean from this year's March Madness this tournament. We've got four more to hit and a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike here with Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn from the KFG Studios. Thank you to Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and her Inspired Home team serving Indiana and Michigan. Thank you very much. We are talking about lessons that you can learn from... Looking like you're winning in your NCAA March Madness bracket challenge and then losing it all at the end. Why are we talking about this a month and a half after is uh, we had a pretty clear lesson in this year's KFG bracket. Kevin was winning after the first round, second round, third round, or close to winning, and he had the most picks correct by far and then didn't even finish in the top three when it all was said and done because he got a bunch of the right he made a bunch of the right decisions when it really didn't matter at all. Yep. And the ones that really did matter at the end, he actually got those decisions wrong up front. Don't make that mistake in your financial life. We're pulling out the five key decisions that seem small, but that you've got to make the right answer on in order to have financial success in the long term. The first one was hiring a coach. In fact, we took it deeper and said hire the right coach, a certified financial planner doing comprehensive financial planning. This second one is kind of my favorite, I think. And um, well, I'll just I'll just tell you, it is maintaining margin in your financial life. Josh, why is that so important? Well, maintaining margin in your financial life, specifically in your cash flow. Uh, So you've got a certain income flowing into your household. If you spend and use every bit of it every single month, 
then you have no no margin of safety. You, you have no ability to save or to respond to the unexpected in life. You really don't have anything building for the future either. So if you are just consuming everything that you produce and not setting aside assets that can someday help you produce more, help you replace a paycheck someday, then eventually you're marching towards a crisis of some sort. Yeah, there's there, a couple reasons why I like this. One, it's multifaceted because you said margin helps you prepare for unexpected or handle unexpected with less drama, less freaking out, less overreacting. But then also margin allows you to save up for the long term and one day walk away from a paycheck. But here's the other reason why I really love this principle, this idea. A lot of times, and especially if you're listening right now and you're thinking about this, your mind might have gone here, that this is a function, having margin is a function of how much you earn. And I would tell you, from 16 years of experience combined in this room, over 50 years of experience, that's not the case. Having margin, sure, is, is it can be connected to how much you earn, but it's mostly what you choose to do with the money you do earn. So that's, that's true. There are an awful lot of folks, maybe some of your neighbors even, who have an amazing earning capacity, but if they have no margin, then they're not building really for their future like they should be. And the other thing that margin does is margin determines what you think about. Because if you maintain margin in your financial life, you are not going to spend every waking moment thinking about your finances. Great point. And if you want to get screwed up in this life, th- spend your entire life thinking about money. It, it will wreck you. Yeah. So if you can get margin in your life, again, the three things you can do with money, give, save, spend. And as I tell the team all the time, listen, you will never have financial problems if you spend less than you earn and save the difference. If you can just do that and you think, well, that's too complicated. But most people don't, some people in their lifetime don't know a moment of financial peace, mm-hmm. let alone years of it. But think about it, what you, the, the potential that you possess that could be unlocked if you were thinking about something other than your money. You know, margin is also, uh, it's a symptom, a good symptom to something that you've created in your life. You've created some sort of control on your consumption. And it's important to do because Mm -hmm. there is coming a day in the future, and maybe this is decades away for you, maybe it's months away, when you're planning to walk away from a secure job that is providing for your family, and there's, for many people, it's a, it's a lifestyle adjustment into retirement. You're not spending at the same level that you were earning before. And if you got too locked into a certain lifestyle, again, where you're living right up to your means, then that will be a major shock to your system. So putting a governor on what you spend not only creates margin, but it prepares you for a future where you're maybe going to be living on less anyway. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Joshua talks about putting a governor on that. Um, that's kind of farm language. I think of the, the tractor's got a governor so it doesn't go too fast in any particular gear. But the, the governor, as I think about that, it's, it's building in kind of automating your impulse control. Mm-hmm. Because you are going to either build in delayed gratification 
and it's going to be automatic, or you're going to have to make that decision every two weeks when your paycheck comes. A couple resources if you are thinking about this idea of margin. One, there's a great book that uh, a doctor friend of mine turned me on to. It's called Margin by Dr. Richard Swenson. Check that out. It's about margin in your financial life, but margin in your life in general and what that does to your health. Second, if you're hearing us talk about margin and you say, yeah, that is important. Well, I've never been able to get that for myself. That's where you need the coach. Contact your certified financial planner. Your investment manager is not really too interested in helping you with that, but your certified financial planner would be. And then lastly, if you think, no, yeah, I kind of am inherently, I have margin in here, make sure you're using that to the fullest potential to reach your long-term goals. That's something we help a lot of people with is, oh, I've got margin and it's kind of just going away, you know, tucking here. No, if we direct it here, it's going to help you on your taxes and this goal and this goal and this goal. All right. The third lesson that, or, or key decision you've got to get right that in the short term might feel like you're losing, especially this one, but long term you'll be winning is avoiding debt like the plague. So how could avoiding debt like the plague make you feel like a loser at first? You don't have all the cool stuff. Your right? car's not as shiny, not as new. Your iPhone your isn't as big. Your iPhone has a crack in it, or <laughs> or, or something like that. Your house isn't as Why big. Why you look at my I, phone? I thought, I thought you had a. Oh man, I'm good. Anyway, <laughs> well, but you, it's a staycation instead of a vacation. All your friends are going to Disney. Yeah, yep. and you're not. Yeah, I mean, th- this is where you could feel like you're being left behind. But you're you really aren't in the when I think about avoiding debt like the plague, one of the kind of the horrendous things that happens in our country is when you turn 18, you're offered a ton of opportunity to just bury yourself in debt. Yeah. And that can make sense if you are using debt as a tool and you're building skills that you can trade for considerable money. But if all you're doing is extending your high school years but not living at home someplace else, uh, you're you're you are you are setting yourself up for a a very um, difficult road to hoe. You know, when we say avoid debt like the plague, specifically we're talking about consumer debt, right? There are some types of debt that could be an investment for your future. Starting a business, uh, buying a home can sometimes be a a good form of debt as long as you're not overextending yourself or doing it too early. Um, Even student loan debt, if it's the right degree that's preparing you for the right career and right opportunities, those can be forms of debt that help you have a better future. But consumer debt is what can slowly bury you but make you feel like you've got a great life while it's happening. The average American, I I just looked this up, $8,300 is the average credit card balance in this country. Mm -hmm. The average interest rate on credit cards is almost 18%, 17.7%. If you were just average and you had the average balance charged the average interest rate, that's almost $1,500 a year in interest that you're just bleeding. And my question is, do you believe that $1,500 more available for your future, if you were saving and growing that money, would it make a difference? And the answer is absolutely yes, it would. But many people are content with just paying the bank that money and not building it for themselves. So the big distinction is think of debt as a tool 
and you want to leave it in the toolbox unless there is a there is a specific purpose. But if it's to buy the sweater that's on sale, you it, it's a huge mistake. If it's to if it's to put the vacation on uh, your credit card, it's a mistake. All right, we've got the last two principles that you need to draw out, the important decisions you need to make in your financial life to win long-term. We've got those coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard here with me in the KFG studios at the world headquarters of Corhorn Financial Group. Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory, thank you so much for being with us. If you've missed anything, every episode, you can catch a few different ways. My favorite's on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. So some of you are watching that right now. If you haven't checked that out yet, uh, go ahead and search Wise Money Radio and then just subscribe to it. And then it just pings your phone or your YouTube every time we release an episode. And you can share it that way really easily. You can even ask questions and all that sort of stuff. Second, every episode's podcast. I know many of you are listening to podcasts right now. And so you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, but especially iTunes and Google Play. Just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. And I'd ask you to do me a favor. If you're listening that way right now, please rate the episode rate the episode, even share the episode. Number one, that gives us feedback. And so we know what content is working, what content we should add more of. But then second, it would also help others who are looking for a podcast about wise financial principles. And so to the extent you rate it, to the extent you like it, to the extent you share it, that helps other people find us and listen to the message as well. And then lastly, wisemoneyradio.com. Every episode's right there on the streaming player right there on the website. You can leave questions there as well. So, all right, we are in the final stages of the big lessons that came out of our March Madness Bracket Challenge at KFG. Yes, that's right. We're talking about that in at the end of May because there were some very rich lessons. And just to recap it again, you can make a bunch of the right decisions, get a lot of the right answers in the first and second round. But those answers, actually, those points are meaningless at the end. That's what happened to Kevin. Got a lot of the first couple um, rounds correct, but didn't have the right, the key decisions, didn't have those correct and ended up losing in the end. We want to avoid that in your finances. So we've talked about the first three small decisions you need to get right that will mean you'll win in the long term. Now the last two. The fourth one is obvious, but it just needs to be mentioned. It's invest early and often. Guys, break that down for us. You know, invest early, it just emphasizes that there are certain goals or outcomes that you want in your life that just flat out take a long time to achieve. 
And when it comes to investing, uh, part of the equation that determines how much uh, you are able to accumulate over time is time. It's how much you're able to, to contribute, and then also are you willing to take risk with these dollars. And to me, you don't have to save as much and you don't have to be as aggressive if you are willing to do it for the long term. We, uh, many of you have heard that we teach a retirement course in the in the community, and this year we had a dad who brought his 21-year-old daughter, college student, and uh, he he made her come because he wanted to freak her out about retirement and how hard it is to retire. He wanted her to get started early. This particular dad actually got her going early on a Roth IRA. So she she didn't fully understand the power of what he's done for her by setting her on a path that started early. But uh, we tried to emphasize to her just how amazing it is that she got an early jump because you think about how many years, decades really, this money is able to grow and accumulate because she got started right out of the gate in the earliest money that she was earning. I mean, if you want to freak someone out, especially a young <laughs> kid, we, we talked about at 18, banks and different institutions are throwing themselves at you to lend you money. Well, any dollar that you borrow and then have to pay back, that's dollars that can't go into your savings for long term, you're investing long term. And that that can be a cycle that really distorts where you're gonna end up in the long term. So absolutely, this, this uh, idea of compound interest, yeah. it is an unbelievably powerful tool if you use it. And in order to use it, you've got to start saving early. And I would even change that word that I just said to the one that Kevin used in his blog. This is coming off of a blog post you can find at wisemoneyblog.com. Invest early. Because if you're just Mm -hmm. saving and sticking it in your 1% money market and feel good about that, you're not going to see the power of compound interest. One of the things you said, Kevin, in our last segment, though, was how important it is to automate these decisions. Mm -hmm. Because the act of saving money and investing that money for the future is one great decision. But what if that great decision could be carried out every single pay period for the rest of your career? You know, what if that was a great decision every two weeks when you get paid, you're setting aside money into a retirement account that can grow for the future. That is automating this this great decision. It's allowing you to not only take advantage of compound interest, but the compounding effect of great decisions over an entire lifetime. That's right. That's yeah, right. I, I had breakfast this morning with my son Caleb, and he's a graduating senior, and he was... He said, hey, can my friend talk to you about money? And I said, absolutely, anytime, anywhere, anything. And he said, okay, well, he got a really great scholarship, so everything's going to be paid for, and they're actually going to be paying him to do research while he's at college. Wow. So he wants to take all of the money that he saved for college and invest it and he knows nothing about investing or anything like that. So I said, absolutely. And he said, well, he's gonna make about $5,000 this summer working. And so I said, well, what does that make you think? And he said, well, he probably should do a Roth IRA, shouldn't he? <laughs> and I said, absolutely. Because the Roth IRA is, the, you know, that's your 24 karat gold Cadillac. That is a deluxe 
uh, Swiss Army knife of financial instruments. And so getting started early, what that one of the things that does, the, fir- the, hardest, the hardest threshold to achieve in investing is the first thousand. And then once you hit that, the hardest one is 10 thousand and then it's a hundred thousand and then it's a million in order to and then just go on from there in order to get those done you just need to get the right number of doubles to happen and one there's a couple ways to get double. when you have smaller amounts of money it's easy to get a double to happen if i've got a hundred dollars invested and i add a hundred dollars to it i just double my money right um if i'm waiting for the market to do that i might need to wait seven to ten years for that to happen so if i i want to do a couple of things i want to get contributing but then i want to get the power einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world and in in the the blog post that i wrote there's a there's a link to a very inspirational little clip that you might want to watch it it gets you going and gets you excited about saving money. The fifth decision that you've got to get right early on in order to win the long game, and this one, again, you're going to feel like you're losing. It's really connected to that debt one, is don't play the comparison game. And I think we we all do that. That's what Kevin was doing throughout his NCAA bracket. He was looking saying, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, and then loser. Yeah, I wasn't playing the comparison game. There was no one to compare to. I was the clear, outright winner, and no one was even close. And right up until I lost the whole thing. And and that is so, so applicable in your, in your finances. I mean, comparing yourself to others financially will steal your joy. It, it will. And then that, those emotions will lead you to making usually terrible financial decisions. That's right. And and often it involves um, taking on more debt, overextending yourself, trying to match the pace that other people are living at. You know, it's easy to look around. I I, I look at neighbors and I think, man, they've got a nicer tractor than I've got. They drive a newer vehicle. I don't think that, actually. I have a nicer tractor than you, though, (laughs) Mike. (laughs) In the middle of the summer. They take a bigger vacation than I do. You you start thinking to yourself, man, I'm not keeping up here. And what does that drive you to do? It drives you to spend instead of save, or it causes you to borrow where you really should be avoiding or postponing. And it's all because you're trying to live someone else's life instead of building for your own future. That's right. That's right. If you've listened to these five and said, yeah, those are pretty obvious, guys. I thought you were CFPs. No, they are obvious. <laughs> they are. They're, they're very simple. Hard to do. Hard mm-hmm. to do together. And um, so that's where I would go back to the first one. Get a coach. Get the right coach. They can help you implement all of this as well as all of the other principles to make sure that in the long game of your finances, but more importantly, your life that you end up winning and succeeding however you define it. Thanks so much for being with us today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.